Have you ever dated a great guy but had no idea where your relationship was going? I mean, you have fun together, but for the life of you, you can't tell whether the relationship is escalating from the guy I'm seeing to boyfriend to husband. The longer you spend with him, the more you like him. The more you like him, the more you invest in him. The more you invest in him, the harder it is to think of breaking things off. Next thing you know, you've sunk three years into a relationship with a man who is never going to be your husband, all because you didn't pay attention to the signs. That all changes today. This is the Love You Podcast. Stick around. I'm Evan Marquette, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women and your personal trainer for love. Welcome to the Love You Podcast. Keep listening to discover eight reasons you stay with the wrong man for too long. When we're done, I'll let you know how you could apply to Love You to find a relationship that makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. So I've got a client in Love You. Her name is Sarah. Sarah's with a guy who's great for the first two months, but now that he's got this big, important new job, he hasn't seen her for nearly a month. Another love you client, Callie, with a guy who's divorced, isn't sure if he ever wants to get married again, she's staying with him. Marla is with a guy who says the most important thing in the world for her is to start a family, and she's dating a guy who values his freedom more than anything else. That's the, almost the first thing he told her on the first date is that he values his freedom. These aren't just, these are my clients. These are not just red flags. They're huge red blankets that are covering my client's eyes and blurring them to the fact that they are in relationships that will not give them what they want. In this case, a happy marriage that makes them feel safe, heard, and understood. So why do they stay? Well, I could break it down for you. That's what we're gonna do in this podcast. Here are eight reasons women stay with men for too long, even when you know in your heart that your relationship is ultimately doomed you will probably identify with at least five of these things and look in the mirror and hopefully make some different decisions after today. So first reason that people stay for too long is chemistry. Uh, I'm not anti-chemistry. I know when I come across that way, I think chemistry is a great feeling. I think uh, every relationship needs to have sexual chemistry. You need to have a good sex life, not anti-chemistry. The problem with chemistry is not that chemistry is bad, problem with chemistry is that it often blinds you to someone's faults. It allows you to overlook um, his inconsistency, your incompatibility, uh, how he treats you in low times. Uh, that's the thing. Chemistry becomes like a drug and when you're under the influence of drugs, you tend not to make very good dating and relationship decisions. And God knows I've had that experience. I can only imagine you've had that experience. I think of the people with whom I had the most chemistry in my entire life and realized that I was not my best self with those people. I was weak, I was needy. I put up with an endless amount of bullshit under the influence of chemistry. So it's possible that one of the reasons you're staying too long with the wrong guy is that you have too much chemistry and or you're letting that chemistry override your reason if you're unhappy in the relationship, chemistry is not going to make you happy for the next 40 years. Chemistry is not going to tuck you in at night. Chemistry is not going to make you chicken soup. Chemistry is great. It's just not, uh, not the thing that's going to allow you to have the happy life that you want. Second reason that women stay with men for too long is that uh, they have common interests. This is, this is a little almost wrapped up in chemistry a little bit, but people often mistake commonality for compatibility. 
and they couldn't be further from the truth. I've talked about this in previous podcasts, so I'm not going to harp on it for too much, but you'd know intellectually that two people who like musical theater are not necessarily a compatible couple. Two people who are Catholic are not necessarily a compatible couple. Two people who have master's degrees are not necessarily a compatible couple. Two people who enjoy playing tennis are not necessarily a compatible couple. Those are just things that bring people together that they enjoy doing, right? And it feels like it means something. Look at how much we have in common. Look how, how aligned we are. We like the same music. Doesn't that mean something? No, it means you like the same music. But that in and of itself doesn't allow relationships to thrive. Now, someone's going to come back and be like, well, I had a relationship where we had nothing in common and that was the problem. That's, that's not really the thing. I, I, I've almost never seen relationships fall apart due to uh, a failure to find common interests. It's really more about, well, I got a whole unit in Love You about compatibility, but it has to do with how they spend money. It has to do with introversion and extroversion. It has to do with the role of family and children. It has to do with um, personal habits around the house and being neat. It happens to do with uh, very basic personality traits, um, you know, the, the big five traits that people talk about. So there's all sorts of forms of compatibility. Common interest is at the bottom of that. But because we mistake it for something meaningful, people tend to stay in relationships when they have a really great guy on paper. You've had a great guy on paper, right? but he's a doctor, but he's Jewish, but he's... And so you, you, you make that laundry list on paper and you think, well, how could I let this go? I mean, I, I got everything. I mean, my, my friends are impressed by him. It doesn't mean anything if you're not happy in your relationship. So that's what we always go back to and love you. How do you feel? Right? Not is the chemistry great, not is the sex great, not is he like you on paper, not is he a catch compared to other guys. How do you feel in the relationship? Number three, sunk costs is a big reason that people tend to stay in relationships. Um, sunk costs is an economic term. When you've made an investment in something, it's harder to pull out the investment. When you've been standing in line at McDonald's for an hour, <laughs> you don't want to get off that McDonald's line when, when another lane opens up. People tend to sort of just stay where they are. And we watch our investments um, in the stock market go down, 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 because we're holding on to it. It's the same thing. So all relationships start off presumably with some excitement and anticipation and hope uh, and the aforementioned chemistry. And we're all on cloud nine at the very beginning. And then at a certain point, it becomes like the frog that's getting boiled in the water. And you wake up and your relationship isn't 100% good. Your relationship's might, might be 50% good. 50% of the time, things are fun and you're connecting and you're traveling and you're making love and you're laughing. And then 50% of the time, he's a dick and he's ignoring you and he's berating you and he's making you feel smaller and unheard. And you normalize that behavior. And you say, but why can't I get that the beginning part back? Why can't he be that guy he was at the beginning? Because that was the show. That was the performance. That was the thing that was designed to get the job. This is who he really is. The guy after six months, the guy after two years, this is the real him. The first three months was the performance. Right? But when someone's in love, good luck 
trying to get them to let go of that and say, well, but I love him so much, why can't he be the way he was? Well, that's unfortunately not how it works. Um, believe the most recent performance, not the, the part at the beginning, not the time that you felt the most connection, not the time that he told you he couldn't live without you. Those are just words. If you're miserable in the relationship, you gotta listen to that. So when there are sunk costs, when you've put in a year to a relationship, but the past six months of that year are not making you happy, I wouldn't bank on the rest of your life, the next 40 years being happy. I really pay attention to the recency of things. So if you double down on a broken relationship just because you were once in love, because you once had a great connection, because he was once nice to you, because he's occasionally nice to you, you're making a huge mistake. You're the CEO of your love life. If the intern is not performing, you have to get rid of them. Don't stay just because you've put in a lot of time and you're afraid to get back out there. Number four, uh, we call this wishful thinking. Wishful thinking, probably, probably stepped on it in, in the last thing that I said, but wishful thinking is the idea that if you become a, 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 a better girlfriend, if you, um, could just do better if you could lose weight, if you could sand off some of your rough edges, he would become a better man. Or wishful thinking is, he's got such great potential, I hope that he can live up to his potential. Maybe he'll stop um, uh, abusing drugs and alcohol. Maybe he'll stop having anger issues and yelling at me. Maybe he'll stop constantly criticizing me. Maybe he'll become a better communicator. Because if he'd be a better communicator, we'd be so happy if he were just a different person. And that's the problem with this. He's not a different person, this is who he is. Wishful thinking doesn't get you anywhere. How could I get my sweet boyfriend from the first month back doesn't get you anywhere. He'd be great if he only got a job doesn't get you anywhere. And this is a love you tenet. I, I, I say it all the time, I think it's worth repeating here. You can't have a relationship with someone dependent upon them changing on your behalf. You have to assume that this is it, right? And wishful thinking is the enemy of your happiness, right? Because wishful thinking presumes that if only things were different, if only I were different, if only he were different, if only the timing were different, it's not different. This is it, right? I'm a reality-based dating coach. There is no wishful thinking, right? There's you and there's the guy and then there's how those pieces come together. And if it's a lot of work, right? And it's not easy, you're probably better off in a different relationship. Next, number five, uh, we call this the last man on earth. There's another core tenet from month one of Love You. Women tend to think when they're dating a guy and are in love with the guy and are singularly focused on the guy and really want that guy to live up to his potential and become the man of her dreams, right? we get into this place where we treat him like he's the last man on earth. And he's not the last man on earth, not at all. Um, but we, we sort of become emotionally convinced that this is it, I've, I, I love him, I've mentally declared him my soulmate, right? I'm mentally all in on him, right? This is the most I've ever loved before, I can't imagine life without him. And we, we construct this reality that's just not true, right? The, if I dumped him, I would never love again. The, if I dumped him, I'd never find a guy as good. The, if I dumped him, uh, I hate dating and I couldn't, I couldn't imagine getting back out there. And the problem is you end up anchoring 
on a relationship that drags you down rather than lifts you up. Relationships are supposed to uplift you when you come home from work, right? This is supposed to be your safe haven. If your relationship is not your safe haven, it's not serving its purpose, no matter how cute he is, no matter how much you have in common, etc. So please understand that the last man on earth phenomenon is a real one. And that in Love You, we remind, <laughs> remind you all the time, men are just interns. There's always another one. It's like a bus. There's a new one coming along every 15 minutes. I got a client, a beloved client who just got uh, married. Um, and I remember she went through a few boyfriends while we were working together. And I said, how long does it take you to find a new guy to have a crush on after you get over the last guy? And she stopped and thought about it for a little bit. And she's like, at 10 days, 10 days. Now, again, it doesn't erase the memory of, of the, the boyfriend who disappointed. But my point is, there's always another guy out there. There's always, and it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how old you are. There's always another guy out there. And you can't treat this guy as if he's a life raft in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Because <laughs> if you cling to a life raft that has a hole in it, you too are going to drown. Next. Good, but not great. That's the phraseology that I use to describe many, many relationships, maybe including your own. And there are relationships that are legitimately good, and he could be a good man. He could be a good father. He could be hardworking. He could be really brilliant and funny. He could have a good heart. We could take all of these things and line them up and say, look, this is a good man what we have is good. Aren't all relationships flawed? Aren't all men flawed? Aren't all people flawed? And we could, we could contort ourselves to justify why you're so unhappy. <laughs> but all that matters is that you're unhappy. That's, that's literally it. There's, there's nothing else to it. It doesn't matter if he's a good man. It doesn't matter if your relationship is you know, good, at least what you're presenting to other people. If you're staring at the ceiling at night, if you're questioning yourself, if you feel like you're gaslit, if you're in a relationship that doesn't make you feel safe, heard, and understood, and yeah, I got a guy, and yeah, he shows up as my boyfriend, but I'm still walking on eggshells, I'm, I can't be myself around him, I always wonder if it's gonna end, right? You're talking yourself into a relationship that's good, that's not great, and if you hold on to that relationship where you're constantly anxious, you know what you're never gonna have? You're never gonna have a relationship that's great. You're never going to do better. You're going to anchor yourself at this point. You're going to talk yourself. And that's what most people do. Lots of people get, get into relationships. Lots of people get, get into marriages. But they're not actually happy. What's the point of it? It's not just to have someone to share your misery. It's to have someone who shares the burden of life and makes the good times better and makes the bad times better. And everybody knows that. You know what that feels like. If you don't have that feeling in a relationship, Stop convincing yourself that the, the relationship that you tell the world is good right, is not really that good. We need to aim higher. We need to believe in more. We need to believe in the kind of relationship that I'm sharing with you because it exists. It's possible. It means you have to make better choices in men instead of staying in relationships that are good but not great. Next point, number seven. People stay in bad relationships because they dislike dating. And... Boy, I, I get that. 
I went on 300 dates when I was a single guy. I, I do not, and I didn't have to deal with um, swiping and texting and dating apps. And I, I really do uh, empathize with all of my clients who are going through that grind. Uh, I try to make that grind a little more fun, try to make it a little easier, try to make it more effective, but I, I don't doubt how difficult it is. However, that's the wrong motivation. Right? You wouldn't stay in, or maybe you would, hopefully you wouldn't stay in a job where you were woefully underpaid or undervalued or felt berated or small or didn't enjoy your coworkers or your creativity. Or if you were unhappy at your job, I would hope you wouldn't keep that job for the rest of your life. But in relationships, I think we have a tendency to stay way too long, way past the expiration date, all because we're afraid of going back out there and thinking, oh, it's even gonna be worse. Right. Oh, it's even be worse dating as a 52-year-old woman than it was as a 42-year-old woman. Oh, I got, I browse the apps. I mean, I've got a boyfriend, but I browse the apps and what a shit show out there. And this is, this is the, the talk we get ourselves into. So we stay in dysfunctional, unhappy relationships because we convince ourselves it's even worse out there. And here's the thing. You've got one job at your company, right? You're the CEO, there's one job at your company. There's a corner office. That corner office is waiting for someone to fill it. If that's being filled by this guy who's not really doing a great job, right? you can never fill it with anybody better if he's occupying that space. You can never fill it better if someone is already occupying that space. So staying in a relationship because you dislike dating right, is a short-term solution to what's really a serious long-term problem. You have to embrace dating. You have no choice. That's the path to finding the love that you deserve. The same way that dieting is a path to, to being healthy and losing weight and feeling better. Dieting is not fun. I don't know many people have fun doing it. It is a necessary process to transform your life to get from here to here. So people who want to find love without dating or looking for like some shortcut that doesn't actually exist. There, that's the only way to, that's why I believe in love you, is that we, we lead you on this path through the dating process. We don't just snap our fingers and drop a guy in your life because that's not realistic any more than there's a pill that's gonna help you lose 30 pounds. So seriously, uh, you're allowed to dislike dating. My job is to make dating more fun, more empowering, and show you the path, the shortest distance between the two points so that you can go in there, find a great guy systematically, and in six months have a boyfriend who loves you and treats you well rather than, oh my God, it's going to be 10 years of hell. It's not going to be 10 years of hell. Dating can be fun. It can be meaningful. It can be effective and efficient. The problem is for most people, they don't know how to do it. And finally, um, number eight. Uh, in terms of reasons that you stay for too long. It's the fear that you can't do better. Take that in. The fear that you can't do better. The fear that this is the best there is. This guy is the best that you can do. It's also another thing that's not true. Because really, how are we evaluating relationships? We're not evaluating relationships based on who he is on paper. We're evaluating him on how he feels. So who cares if he's got a private jet? Who cares if he's got a doctorate? Who cares if he's got a house in the Hamptons? Who cares if my dog just barked? <laughs> who cares? 
The measure of a relationship is the relationship itself. It's not the man on paper. Who cares if he's a 10 if your relationship is a three, right? What we're judging is the relationship. Is your relationship a 10? Is how you feel a 10? And if it's not, I promise you, you can do better than what you have right now. And I know this is a lot. I'm like, I'm challenging you and I'm poking at you. And I've gone through these eight reasons, right? Because so many of these things apply to the women who turn to me for dating and relationship advice, normalizing something that's not actually good for you. So there's a lot of guys out there who we have to acknowledge don't make for good partners. And if you ignore these red flags up front and you ignore them even further in the relationship, it's very easy to waste years, even decades of your life striving for a good relationship and finding that you're in quicksand. There's nowhere to go or pining for an emotionally unavailable man or spending years trying to change him and get him to be better to you. It's not your job. In Love You, we say no to all these guys up front, fast, before you get hooked on them. You say no to guys who don't know what they want. You say no to guys who are maybe on kids. You say no to guys who never talk about marriage. If you make good decisions at the beginning, you don't have to agonize years later about all these things that we just talked about. And you won't pay such a monumental price in the end because you're breaking off with a guy in six weeks rather than six months or three years. So have you wasted time on the wrong men? Which of these eight reasons resonated the most for you? Please comment below. I look forward to hearing what you have to say. I'll see you back here next week. My name is Evan Mark Katz. Thank you for tuning into the Love You podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please share an honest review on Apple. More reviews equals more awareness of the Love You podcast and more love in the world. And if you have everything except a man and you want to have a happy, healthy relationship, I can help you. In Love You, you will gain confidence, learn to trust your judgment, and find a man who makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. Go to www.evanmarkkatz.com and click to watch my free video. When you're done, you could apply to Love You to join hundreds of other smart, strong, successful women in a coaching community where women like you actually get the love you deserve. I'll see you there.